Welcome to MotoGP podcast, Last on the Breaks. This week is another feature, of course, as the name suggests. And we have the pleasure of the company of Tom Lutie. Hello. The Swiss with rider. the finest English on the Moto2 yeah. group. <laughs> You're all we're rating. So it's, it's we... very true. And uh, yeah, we're here in Qatar recording this. Um, obviously, a bit of a dramatic start to this week. Hmm. And now, no pressure on you guys, but it needs to be a great show, hey? In the main event. <laughs> How does it feel? Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, uh, it's special. It's a little bit weird, even for us, you know. But anyway, I'm happy, first of all, really, that we can race here. We prepared, we prepared hard as well as the MotoGP class, I know. But uh, the, the situation is quite difficult. But yeah, I know we are now mainstream let's say <laughs> yeah here. exactly all but, eyes on you guys but anyway you know it doesn't change nothing we just have to do our job in um i got a bit of an issue with you tom because in pre-season testing at Jerez, the first day i came up to you and i said tom you don't tend to worry about these one-off fast laps in testing you tend to take it quite chill <laughs> and then by the end of that test you decided to break the uh, unofficial lap record <laughs> <laughs> What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but more or less nobody got that anyway. So. No, no, it's true, <laughs> so, it's true. Okay. No, it was, it was a really, really good test out yeah. in Jerez and was really happy with that. Yeah, yeah it was, we really start to work with the new bike. We even compared the old to the new 1920 and it was very interesting. We worked really in a good direction. I went faster, faster. The pace was always good. Clearly. And then in the end, sure, I, I wanted to try also to see what's coming out of this soft tire. You know, it was not really the goal to set the fastest lap time there. Really, I didn't care about that. You mean you didn't think of me on that outlap? Saying, Tom, you don't care about these fast laps. Like, I'm going to show him. I was, I was just going, no, really. I'm sorry, but I was not thinking of you. It's fine, you just made me Nothing look a bit personal. stupid. <laughs> but, okay, well, um, well that segues yeah. into our first yeah. question. Because we have done a little bit of prep here. We're professionals. Uh, so obviously, like we said, we're heading into another Moto2 season. And I think it's fair to say, given your record, that everyone will expect you to be a title challenger and challenging at the front. I'm sorry, that's just the pressure of having been very excellent for such a long time. <laughs> Is that how you see yourself? Do you go into a year being like, okay, well this year, like aiming at the title or aiming for wins, or do you genuinely reset every off season and then just see mm. how the dice kind of fall? No, I mean, um, to answer that question, I have to look a little bit back. And we started, I mean, I started in the Intact GP team last year. We were new together. We had to understand how the team works. The team had to understand how I work. You know, we have to build up something. And now into this year, I mean, it was a strong season last year already. We I mean, you say fighting. like we had to build it up, but you did nearly win this race last year. Yeah, but it came <laughs> a little bit not really expected. You know, I was struggling a bit even during the race weekend, during the test and the race weekend. And then in the race, we really found something. Uh, setup of the bike I found some confidence and then I was competitive in the race so yeah it was a good race but anyway we had to yeah start to work together throughout the year you know and it takes some time to to understand what it needs to to be really playing up in front and now into this year it stayed all the same so we stick the same crew same people around me and we know each other already and yeah. I think this is something really positive and I really hope that I can put that into results so yeah um, my goal is absolutely play with the guys up in front and yeah that, that's 
it's not often actually we end up hearing that. Normally, the go-to thing the rider says, "Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm gonna be fighting for the podium, but you're here to win this year. No question <laughs> about it, right?" <laughs> I mean, it's not only thinking about um, winning or put the result in mind. Sure, yeah. it's uh, it's really do the job, focusing on the job and be prepared. But I can say the the winter preparation for myself physically was good, mentally I'm ready. And as I just explained with the team, everything is good, everything is well. It's it's everything the there. So yeah. I, if I would say no, 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 I don't want to, I don't want to win race, <laughs> I don't want to win this championship, <laughs> I would lie, you know. So sure, I want to really play up there in front, and I think we have everything. We just need to do our job and do it as good as possible. That's yeah. it. Same as podcast hosts. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, let's rewind then. Now we'll go back to Tom Leety, back in your native Switzerland. Now, Switzerland, we actually have some good representation in this paddock for the Swiss, but it's not really a motorsport traditional country in a lot of ways, legally <laughs> yeah, or culturally. It's oh, um, getting so political. You've got, you've got you there, obviously, and uh, then like the likes of Sauber also, a little bit of representation there with our friends on four wheels. But it's not, you know what I mean, the kind of Italian Spanish where bikes are part of everyday life for so many people so how did you get into that what was your start on two wheels it's well yeah <laughs> uh, it's it's actually quite a long story but yeah i started early already we've got time <laughs> my father was ra racing as well national championship and it was maybe already a little bit in blood you know so i had this this inside of me already and um it was a big passion from beginning and it's it's still you know but i would not say Switzerland is not about bike. I mean, bikes, uh, bikes on the road. People, many, many um, people are riding bikes on the road. We just don't have this racetrack like and you other have amazing have. roads. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but nice with very strict speed limits, mountains to go over <laughs> with the bike. You know, so it's it's really a nice country for that. But we don't have that racetrack, and uh, for racing, it's it's a little bit special. Yeah. Also, mm. my way to go into the world championship was. Uh, a special way and maybe not the easy way you know but um finally i could make it and i think it showed as well to younger people younger riders in switzerland that it's possible yeah we've seen in every country how important it is to have representation even just to make a kid believe like no actually this can go somewhere like if you work hard at it and commit yeah, to absolutely. it so. Well, yeah, I saw you in the paddock over the test over here over the last couple of weeks. You're always talking with Jason Pasquier as well. Did you know him before he came to the World Championship or has he just sort of said, yeah. hi, Tom? <laughs> no, no, I know him. I <laughs> yeah. knew him before. Yeah, absolutely. He's a really good guy. He deserves that step into the World Championship. I try to support him a little bit, you know, mm. where wherever it's possible with some, you know, tips where he can do what, because I went through exactly that um, many years ago as yeah. well, what he's doing now. What was your, when you first came into Paddock, put yourself in his shoes, what was his, what was your thing you were most nervous about when you came in? And speaking of everything, like, oh, I don't know what to say in front of the media or like maybe my English isn't good enough, sort of trivial things well, as well. Was, you know, in this age, you don't really think about that. No? You just do. It was like, for me, it was like, it was like a game, you know, go out and playing. But I remember a story. It's quite funny. I was, I mean, I was in German championship and mm. Euro European championship at the time. I was winning races. So I thought, yeah. I'm not too bad, you know, I'm somebody. <laughs> I'm all right. So I came to the Saxon ring for the first white cut, and I remember really well FP1. I went out on the track, all good. And then down in the Omega, and there was Manuel Pocciali at this time. He was really leading the class. 
he overtook me outside in the Omega and like two <laughs> corners later, he was just gone. He was away <laughs> and it opened really my eyes. I, I, I had no idea you can go so fast with this bike. So it was really like, wow, okay, now I'm in a, in a, in a new world, both legs back on the floor <laughs> and keep on working. This was the moment. Well, he, <laughs> I was going to say, do you think he's going to have that kind of moment already? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it happens to all of you, right? <laughs> At some I point. Think, yeah, I think it's, it's quite important, I think, anyway in life to have this, you know, sometimes to see the opposite or see all the situation a little bit from further back. A little bit more perspective. where you are, yeah. what you do, and then you can go on. Okay, well, obviously you did manage to adapt pretty well to a world championship. And you won your first world championship not that long after in the 125 class as it was then the lightweight class talk us through that and your journey to becoming world champion and was that your goal or did you just want to ride as your profession or was it like not i want to be world champion i absolutely didn't believe that that it is more in this moment it was for me really still that game you know <clears throat> excuse me going out playing and try to have fun or just have fun on the bike, a race bike, you know. And then came Lemo, uh, my first victory in this in this year, in 2005. And then, you know, it started everything just on a higher level, this playing and having fun. And all the season was absolutely crazy, but I didn't believe into that, that I can be a world champion or I was not, better said, I was not thinking about, about that even. And this was maybe one of the keys, you know, in, at this time. I guess you have a lot less pressure if it's just not something that's weighing on your mind. Exactly. This is the problem with getting older. You start to think more. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> when, so when was the time that you actually thought, oh, could win this? I don't remember exactly, but I think it was in Mucello where I took over the, the lead in the World Championship the first time. And this was maybe a moment of... Wow, really, maybe it's really possible. <laughs> it's there in black and yeah. white in the numbers now, <laughs> yeah. as well as on the track. Yeah. That's a, it's funny because is that actually is taking the lead in a world championship? Like, um, is that a moment for riders? Because you talk a lot about, oh, your first win. You never forget your first win. Never forget your first podium or your world championship. But do riders tend to remember, remember the first time they led a world championship? I think the first time is something special, yeah, because <laughs> it was the first time I was leading one. Um, Afterwards, yeah, also last season, I think I was leading one time, but it's not important, you know, it's it's not anymore. Important, You're older now. It's not, yeah, I'm older. <laughs> you just want that older end result. <laughs> no, it's not that important anymore. Now it's it's uh, it was also important at this time to be leading at the end. Yes, mm. uh, to be the first one. But now it's it's even more the focus till the end. Well, from there, then, obviously, you moved up to the intermediate class, 250s as it was then. And since then, you've actually become one of the people with top 10 most Grand Prix starts ever, <laughs> which is pretty incredible. I think you're fifth on the list, which is quite impressive. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, you know, <laughs> you don't keep track I'm of those too, numbers. I'm no? not too much. Yeah, you're, I think you're fifth stuff. or sixth, and you're only just behind Jorge Lorenzo as well, okay. if uh, this year. Uh, Okay. goes as expected for okay. both of you is this something so, that you like being the most experienced yeah. rider out there it's yeah this sounds good most yeah. experienced riders <laughs> some guys good. don't like but but it's absolutely the same when okay. you tell me you're the oldest rider out there so it's <laughs> the same, i feel like it's different though <laughs> if you say you're the most experienced rider and you are still at the front breaking lap records mm. fighting for wins then it's like yeah i'm the most experienced it's it's but, but it's absolutely about that for me you know yeah. to have the motivation the goal still to have the chance to win races, to play up there, to, to have everything, to be there. 
um, I don't want to be here just to be here and ride, you know. Uh, it's just really I'm here and because I have the chance to win and I want to be still up there and I, I feel absolutely young enough. I don't feel too old. And don't, even you don't look it. That's what not all this podcast about. <laughs> no, we, don't <laughs> we don't talk about, about <laughs> looking because that's why I wear the job with a helmet yeah. on. <laughs> so, so no, it's really about even put this experience in. This is helpful. It can't maybe not every time when you think too much, as I said before, but it can be helpful. And it's something really I feel it or it makes me feel stronger. That's that's good. But obviously, OK, so when you made your debut in the 250 class, back when you didn't have any experience at all. How did that feel when obviously you've become world champion, you're moving on to the next stage. How does that change how you're thinking about it? Cause now it's like, it's real now. Mm. It's like, I've moved up another step on the ladder. I'm a world champion. Mm. How do your expectations change? And how was that experience of adapting to a bigger bike? It was um, very special to me and absolutely new, not just because of the bike, but because of all the team you know it was really like a factory setup at this time two bikes many people working very big in the one to five when we came world champion we were like four or five people we were really <laughs> really small fighting against uh, <laughs> the big Goliath. factory ktm you know and it was really really we were just like a family and we did our job and we won and then mm. in the 250 it was like whoa everything was getting Suddenly, big and, yeah. and like yeah a new new world actually but um, I tried to still to have fun, but it was coming a little bit more difficult times there. What about when it, so talk to us about what riding a 250 was like back in those days, because actually you're one of the only riders on the grid who's ridden the 250 and Moto2 bikes in the, in the modern format. Oh, and but, both Moto2 bikes. Well, yeah, yeah, and both as well, right? So <laughs> what for, for those at home, maybe a younger audience and whatnot, tell us what it was like riding those 250s, especially compared to the Moto2 bikes you see out there at the moment. I really would not miss the 250 time, absolutely. <laughs> really? I mean, yeah, it was... This I was mean, please proper, be honest. Yeah, no, this was proper race bikes. Mm. You know, these two-stroke bikes, they were really, really aggressive, very fast, light bikes. I mean, it's the future where we are, absolutely. I, I would not change it back, you know, to the, to the two-stroke area. Who never knows what comes in future. But, but at the moment, I'm absolutely happy with the Moto2. But this 250 time was good experience for me. And it was a lot of fun. And at this time, really, it was like from the two-stroke 125 to the two-stroke 250. It was quite a big step, you know. Was it, how much of a big step was it compared to, not that you've ridden the Moto3 bikes, but... Is, is in a 125 two-stroke to a 250 two-stroke. How different is that from a Moto3 bike to the new Moto2 bikes now? I never rode that Moto3 bike. No, no, I, I know, know. But, <laughs> but what do you imagine is the, is the difference from maybe, other riders? Well, it's, maybe it's a similar step, you yeah. know, Moto3, Moto2 now, or 125 to 250. It's it's hard to hard to judge for me. But so the Moto2, uh, well, 250 a little bit more then. What was, <laughs> the people talk about the power bands and two-stroke and whatnot, and, but what can you do on these modern motor two bikes compared to how you rode like a, a 250 obviously it was a lot more about corner speed but yeah sure it was the bike was lighter itself i mean that makes a big difference you can as you said already you can go through faster through the corners yeah. but in the motor two now it's it's heavier the bike yes but you have much more engine brake you can work more with electronics it's just it's more developed you know it's more the, the future it's it's more new let's say so you can do more with that so let's talk about then from 250s to Moto2, <clears throat> the previous iteration and engine supplier of Moto2. How has that changed for you? 
And what were you feeling at that time in your career? Because I imagine like all riders want to get to the premier class, but you've also been such a consistent front runner in the intermediate class. Always, yeah, one of those guys up there. How does that feel? And what about motivation in that situation? Like you said, you're here because you want to win and compete at the front. But as well, have you been happy like doing that season after season in the intermediate class and showing what you've got there? Yeah, I mean, at this time when the Moto2 came in 2010, it was some change for me, you know? So <laughs> something new, some fresh wind, and it was very positive at this time. I really absolutely needed this change. So it was not a class change, but it was still some change, you know, something new, new motivation. That was good. And then it was many years, absolutely, yeah, but it was not every year the same. So I had different teams, different bikes, and it was some always some challenge there. But yes, the dream was there to to be a MotoGP rider one day. Yeah, well, okay. Well, that leads us on perfectly. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> you're, you're spelling MotoGP. Uh, how was that sort of lining up on the grid? Because you weren't a 20-year-old starry-eyed kid like, whoa, I've made it. It's It was a completely different sort of setting for you. How, was yeah, was, yeah, when you moved on to MotoGP, what was that like your first so time? So you have to talk about this season as well. What? Of course. Yeah. 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 <laughs> only, only, only a little bit, don't worry. I don't worry, too much. I hope you forgot about, about it. No, no. <laughs> don't forget MotoGP, you're right. No, no, no but just, <laughs> just what it feels like to, to, to line up on that grid here. It's, you know, the, the race time is different. It was completely in the, in the night sky, all the lights around. Obviously, they're not here this year, but um, <laughs> but what was, what was that like lining up on the grid with those guys that first time? It was special, absolutely. Um, at this in this year in 2018, many times Valentino Rossi had some problems in the qualifying. He was quite far back, so sometimes mm. he was really near to me on the grid. <laughs> and this was very special like, to be on the grid and see. I mean, when I was yeah, a yeah. kid, I had a poster in my room from Rossi, so yeah. it was something special, absolutely. You yeah. two had posters of Rossi in I, the room. I had, yeah, when yeah, he was I mean, the one to five. No, no, but <laughs> yeah, really, yeah, I had absolutely. Amazing. That's true. That's no, and this was something special for sure, but. In the end, I was again there, you know, going, do the job, try to be as fast as possible. But in this season, it was just just not possible. So how did you come to the decision to take that opportunity then? Because it's not, is it just like absolutely no-brainer? Yes, it straight was, away. It was absolutely the best opportunity or offer what I had. Mm. Absolutely. Before it was a lot of talking, you know, blah, blah, but never something real or which would make sense. And this time it was really something real. It made sense in my eyes. Um, when I look back now, things changed very quickly. Uh, but, but at this time when I signed, it was really, really a good opportunity for me and I want to take that chance. And are you a guy who, do, you don't have regrets or anything like that? You're glad you still took that opportunity, even more so because when you returned to Moto2, you were bang straight on the pace, exactly where you were before. Ah. You know, in life, I learned that already. You you learn so much in in hard times. You learn so much more when it's when it's difficult. You yeah. know, it opens you the eyes. And it was 2018 was exactly like this. I knew after this season, I have to change things. I have to change preparation. I have to change my mindset even. You know, and think different, think new, do something else. You know, and it was really at the time to do this. So yes, I've, I don't regret it. Good. I'm glad it's That's nice. Good. It's nice when people don't regret things like that. It's something which didn't work out the way you wanted. Like, it's all too easy for some people to be like, oh, man, I wish I did this and that and the other. But I'm sure I also think back, oh, if, you know, yeah, sometimes, yeah. oh, if I would have this or this, and maybe it would be, you know, mm. but it doesn't bring me more 
further in life. You're here now and you're still fighting for wins and world championships. That's that was that was absolutely the goal. It was really hard work and it was before, I mean, one year ago, before the Qatar race started back in the Moto2, I was, I was really nervous because it was so, I, I didn't know what to expect. I had no idea where I am. It was like many questions in my head. I'm still <laughs> no good matter. enough. Do I can still do that? You yeah, know, yeah. I, I didn't know. And after this race where I came second, close, but second. Very close. <laughs> it was really a huge stone fall off my heart and I knew, okay, I'm still there. Do you think it helps you now, obviously, in the triumph era of Moto2, and there's a couple of different changes as well in the technical regulations. They've tried to put it more equally between Moto3 and MotoGP. Do you think it helped you coming back to Moto2 after you got that experience of a MotoGP machine to adapt a bit quicker than some people? It was not something which was negative, let's say like this. But, <laughs> that was very diplomatic. Yeah. Is so, Classic Swiss. MotoGP is so far away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the Moto2 is far away from, from the MotoGP yeah, yeah, still. It's, it's a huge difference. But before the Triumph engines came, many people said, yeah, it's now closer to the MotoGP and so on. Yeah, maybe it's a little bit closer because we have a little bit more electronic to, to set up on the bike. But when you go to MotoGP, it's, it's so a, much more. Yeah, you I cannot can even imagine what you can do there on the bike. So, um, yeah, it was positive. I mean, it was more positive for me to have a change, you know. So it was more mentally again. I, get, I go back to the Moto2, but it was not going back to the old. It was going something to something new. new. Yeah. Exactly. This was, I think, very important for keep the motivation well appreciate that very much i think it's probably enough time we have to move on to the kenwood well, wait wait Quick first we got... need to ask about this year a little bit well we <laughs> did not... i was thinking we did talk about that a little bit at the beginning but yes we, we, can, we can do it actually. <laughs> I, was, yeah. I was gonna just because then we perfectly segue it up to right now yeah that's that's a good point actually let's do that no problem. okay <laughs> sorry <laughs> i'm not we'll just giving time to talk but that's yeah. all running away yeah. so yeah well, obviously another season now it's not new but like we said at the start of the show, it's actually a positive now. You've got experience with your team. And how are you feeling about this season? Are you, like I said, are you set up to try and win this championship? What do you expect on Sunday? How do you feel being the oldest and most experienced out there? <laughs> Just give us a quick. You ready? You ready for 2020? Um, I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely ready for 2020. I can say that. I mean, uh, we start here the season, yes, it's an important race, yes, but it's not the only race. So we will have many, many more this year and um, we have to stay focused and, and really think big, think all the racing, all the season. So uh, the championship will not be decided after Qatar here. No. We saw it last year as well with, with Baldassare. He was really strong in the beginning of the season and then he started to struggle as we did as well a little bit, you know, in the summertime. So um, sure, it's important, sure. I will try to we be ready here in Qatar already, but we have many more. And that this long is game, how I'm consistency. Looking. Exactly. This is it's like it's the key motto too. You know, you need to be consistent. Not consistent yeah. top ten, but consistent top five. Good, cool. perfect. Good, a good note to end on. I think okay. before we go too. Now we're ready for Kenwood Quickfire. I honestly thought you were about to sing some sort of jingle no, or something. We, yeah, then. Last, he looked yeah. like he was about no, to last, do a real podcast. Like, I did. I used singing. to. I used to sing it, but we haven't. We haven't planned it before yet, so we can't. I can't just <laughs> sing something randomly <laughs> again. I don't think people liked that last time. But yeah, Kenwood Quickfire. So thank you to Kenwood, of don't course, for sponsoring it. No, we're not going to show him, but we're doing some word association again with Tom because his English is more than capable, even <laughs> though he says it isn't. So. <laughs> 
We'll say a word, and you have to say the first thing that pops into your head when we say that word. What and if it's just your... black, nothing pops in, I say nothing, okay? Well, we end it, and, and goodbye, and that's it. No, no, no. You have yeah, to try and really... think of something. We can give you some time to think. Please okay? keep it clean. Yes, keep it clean. Keep uh, it clean. Yep. And then, How clean? I mean... No swearing. No, okay. no swearing, preferably, you know... Just sort of a 12A <laughs> cinema rating would be great. Fran, Fran took the liberty of I, coming up I'll with the words try. this time. Yeah, it's my fault. The, the so words, the words are great. I haven't seen these yet, so this is quite funny. Okay. <laughs> so can we quick file? Let's go. I'll do the first one. Okay. Try, okay. So what do you think when I say the word bike? One to two. Okay. <laughs> Cheese. Swiss. Swiss. Nah, Swiss. Right? Okay. You set that one up perfectly. Uh, passion. Racing. Marcel. Marcel, Schrotter, teammate. <laughs> Nothing else. No. <laughs> okay. You want to have the details? No. No, well, no. <laughs> we haven't got time anymore, unfortunately. Uh, racing. We are back. We had that already, no? Oh, I said that. I'm sorry. We know we had bike. You said racing. Okay, now I say bike. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Winning. It's. It's all about yeah. Hard, hard to say, yeah, but it's or how, how what it's explain. all about. What it's all about. What it's all about. It's like you know, this is the thing we're working for. You know, for that moment. That's the goal. To yeah. be on top and this day and now, I was the best today. This is this is that moment. This is a bit of a wild card one. Lipstick. <laughs> <laughs> I use every day. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Oh. Especially when we're shooting podcasts. <laughs> Good answer. Um, hero. Wow. Hero. You can say a name. You can also sing the Enrique Iglesias hit if you would like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was singing. Uh, no, no, singing better not. We leave that. I can say, mm, I'm not sure. Many. It was a hero growing up. I just, you know, just thinking about um, not only about the sport hero. I think uh, in the sport, yeah, sure you have heroes in the sport, uh, like uh, Roger Federer, for example. He's absolutely hero in my eyes. But we have so many more heroes out there. Um, do big things, you know, not only in the sport. But I don't know. I cannot say names. I like that. Um, challenge. Accepted. Oh, oh <laughs> nice. yes. I could be there. Yeah, I, I'm still bite. here, so that's why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, neutral. Neutral. Is that a Swiss again? <laughs> Fran, you, actually you can't got, do that. You got both of my slight Switzerland jokes. I'm very I, impressed. I, the cheese and the neutral see, was so, totally... Okay. <laughs> I cannot wagon that always. <laughs> what about snow? Um, <laughs> okay, mountain, not Switzerland. <laughs> Nemesis. I don't understand that. Nemesis is your like um, an, your enemy, like your but, but not rival. necessarily in a bad way. Yeah, like your biggest rival, like the person that's like oh, I'm going to beat you. If, you know, first rule in racing is beat your teammate. Marcel. Marcel. Valentino. Uh, how you say that? Idol? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, he's he was really. That's cool. Yeah, he's still there. I mean, I was talking about having a poster of him in my room. So this was not just because, <laughs> yeah. you know. So competition. Yeah, it's 
it's it's passion. I like how a lot of these. Yeah, it's connecting, right? Yeah, it makes it easier for me, you know. <laughs> Couple more. Energy. Oh, I don't know the word in English. Sweat like Swiss. Keeping it in Swiss, in, in German. In the famous Haushalten. Haushalten. You have to. The you Swiss to, language. Yes. You have to bring German. your energy over a whole of season. This is, you know, managing okay. it. Uh huh. Okay, that's cool. Fear. Fear. I think if you get proper fear from racing or fear from speed or whatever, you know, then it's time to stop if you start to feel that. Okay. Then what about life? The fear? No, last word, life. Ah, life. <laughs> fear in life. <laughs> life. Uh, I think it's there. Just go out and enjoy it. Ah. What a lovely I note like to finish off. Oh, Tom Lucci, great, thank huh? you very much. It's <laughs> been really enjoyable. Yeah. Very good. Funny. Great to get to know you uh, even better. And uh, good luck this weekend. Thank you very much. Yep. Have a good race and season. And yeah, thank you very much for coming on and uh, sharing some of your time with us. Great pleasure.